Hey, butter babies. Hey, y'all. Please say the baby. Mandatory. They got to always say the baby, no matter what. Period. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? I'm Kev. And it's D. And we're the butter babies, but you guys are too. Yeah, I thought you were going to say they already know that. <laughs> they already know it too. Right. They, don't have a, they don't have a choice at this point. They're the butter babies. Butter babies. Best friend, how do we start off? We got to start off with some drinks and appetizers. Absolutely. Listen, I was walking down the street the other day, you know, doing my, you know, social distancing six feet. Okay. And one of my neighbors, you know, I was just minding my business, best friend. I says, you know what? I says, self. Self says, yes. I says, keep walking. I says, don't say anything to your neighbor. I says, please. So I listened, you know, I was just walking down the street, minding my business and somebody says, hey, Kev, the butter baby. And I says, yeah, that's me. I says, but don't say it too loud. I says, I know we influencers now, but please don't say it loud. <laughs> and they says, please let us know how we know if we was ghetto kids. <laughs> Mind you, they're like yelling this from like their window. Okay. Yeah, it was about six or seven feet away, right? So I says, okay, I says, I'm gonna do that the next episode. I says, just give me some time. <laughs> okay, give me some time. Right. So best friend, today I want to tell the people how they know if they were a ghetto child. Okay. Wow, I know I passed already, but go ahead. <laughs> One you were probably ghetto as a child if you participated in a fire hydrant pool party. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to say you was probably a ghetto child. Have <laughs> you done that? I have. Oh, my gosh. I've never done it. I always wanted to. It looks really fun in, like, music videos. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it. How does it work? Did you guys just burn? Break it? Like, what happened? Best friend, I can't really tell you how we did it because it probably was illegal. Do an admission, but go ahead. Right. Even <laughs> though the statute of limitations probably passed, I can't be too sure. Probably. Yeah, I'm like, probably. You know, don't do that. I heard what you said. You said, I'm so old. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're in the clear. So go on. Right. Okay. Butter babies, let me know. Have y'all ever done a fire hydrant pool party? I need to know. That would have made you ghetto, but still, I still need y'all to be honest with me. But right? you know, I'm here for it, though, because that's still good, clean, fun. And I mean, yeah, there's the underlying felony to misdemeanor for whoever started it. But for the other children, even though they're accomplices and things like that, but it's still a good time. I mean, at least they're not fighting each other. Thank I you. I like fighting the water and stuff. No, we weren't, we weren't doing nothing. We was just trying to have a good time. Right, <laughs> right. And were y'all in y'all regular clothes or when it broke, y'all like ran home and put trunks on? Because I know your mama was upset. You oh, came home drenched. You know Belinda Marshall was not playing it. Upset. Now, listen, along those same lines, because it's summer and folk want to know if they are ghetto, if they let their children do these things. And we have to be, we have a duty to let these folk know. We do. We do. If you are going to 
have a blow up pool, please put it in the backyard. <laughs> not in the house. No, not in the house <laughs> and not in the front yard. Oh my gosh. So I thought you was going to say in the house. I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. If it's in the front yard, that's a lot. We don't want to see your kids. It's a little bit dangerous. Um, yeah. Best friend, when I'm cruising down the street in this yellow Jeep, I do not want to see people in the pool. Right, and I'm behind you in the pink Jeep. Like, <laughs> now, mind you, y'all, we've talked about these Jeeps, but these Jeeps don't have doors, so please don't try to just run up on us, please. Please, please, <laughs> please, because I'm not stopping, okay? And I'm not trying to have, like, my maxi dress tangled because I stopped to see who it was and it didn't caught up in the Jeep. Like, just give me six feet. <laughs> and last but not least you were ghetto if you ever took a bubble bath with dishwashing liquid oh my gosh <laughs> let's pray, break this apart I have not done that either however I have been aware of circumstances where individuals have done that have you was this your your childhood I did take a bubble bath with a water <laughs> detergent. Was it, what kind was it? Was it Dawn? It was probably something like cheap back in the day, but literally it was the time of my life. I did it with like, I did it with like shampoo, <laughs> a bubble bath. Oh, no. I thought Auntie, you know, had did this for you. So you took it upon yourself. To go in that kitchen now, y'all have to picture him going in this kitchen. Didn't ask nobody. Took her good dishwashing liquid mm-hmm. into that tub listen, and poured it in there. Listen, I it was self care. <laughs> <laughs> no, you needed self care. Okay, and I feel like it was the orange kind. I don't know what if it's because it's the one that's in my kitchen right now, but right. I feel like you use the orange one, the palm olive. Listen, oh, you know, that's a hood classic, the palm olive. The 99 cent for the big bottle. That part. That's I mean, I was just. Got in there and wasted. I was just in the tub, just slipping and sliding, having me a bubble bath. <laughs> a bubble bath. Right. Best friend, do you, do, can you think of any, like, what would have made somebody a ghetto but a baby child? Um, I know that I was a ghetto, a ghetto but a baby child. If you sat on the green thing in your apartment complex that you're not supposed to sit on. Yeah, for sure. Y'all know what the green thing is. I think it's like a generator or something, but that's where everybody like sat and talked about like what was going on. <laughs> I get the that, was a that was like, yeah, the meetup spot. Yeah. Like meet me at the green thing. That's what we used to say. And <laughs> I know some of y'all thinking about the green thing. Also, like, if you had rhymes like Gigolo or, you know, you were real loud on the school bus and things like that, for sure you qualify Um, because that's what we did. I know we got, thinking back, (laughs) now that I'm an adult, we were absolutely (laughs) obnoxious on that school bus (laughs) and this person was responsible for getting us 10 minutes up the road and we made it the longest 10 minutes possible just yelling at the top of y'all lungs you know and this man is trying to maneuver an entire yellow bus he only had to go like three miles and we made sure that we stomped we kicked 
we cheered, we physically fought, we did anything that was possible. Y'all were just terrible. this three-mile ride. Um, and that's why I got suspended off the school bus. But that's another story for another day, child. I was just doing a lot. You was in the terror squad. <laughs> okay. Lost my school bus privileges on several occasions. But if you can relate to any of that, I would for sure say that you were a ghetto butter baby child. Let me ask you this. I know it's such an interesting position to be in as a child. You're trying to fit in. You're trying to like be with the in crowd. What's the weirdest thing that you've done to fit in as a child? <laughs> the weirdest thing I've done. I did a lot of weird stuff to fit in. Um, this story, y'all gonna judge me. Um, this same era where we were singing and stomping and being loud on the school bus, um, you know, Aaliyah was, was doing well on the radio and we all, you know, wanted that Aaliyah bang. <laughs> so... Um, I went through this phase where I just kept trying to comb my hair down, you know, like over my eye to look like Aaliyah is what all my friends were doing. But the issue was that my hair wasn't quite long enough. So my bang kind of stopped a little bit high. <laughs> Wait, best friend, did you have edges though? <laughs> I did have edges at that season of my life. <laughs> Child. So, you know, you know, my mom kept trying to break it to me. She's like, Deanna, your hair isn't really long enough for the style you keep trying to do. <laughs> Please just brush it all back. And I just kept trying to do it. And then on top of that, I used to put like multiple hair bows. Like it was like this thing where you would put like four or five, six hair bows on your bun to make like your hair look longer or give the illusion. Child, it was a whole mess. <laughs> so picture me going yeah. to school with this eight up bang, <laughs> 50 lemon hair bows on the back, you know, just trying to fit in with the girls that was like old enough to go to the hairdresser and stuff. So that was a rough phase for me. Um, and that's a little glimpse into my childhood. Listen, during my childhood era, we used to do the most. <laughs> I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it was this phase where people would just cut slits in their eyebrows. No, you did not. Listen, well, let me tell you, I didn't have to do it because literally as a child, I had on rollerblades. I was like slipping and sliding. And I grabbed onto the back of my friend's bike and we were going down a hill and I had on these rollerblades. I was slipping and sliding, doing it in and out. Deanna, tell me why I fell and hit my forehead on the back of the bike. No. So I had a big gash in my eyebrow, but it turned out for the best because I fit in because I had this gash. Come on, that sounds like a word. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but it did what? It turned around. Right. <laughs> that part. That part. I had a scar, but see, I had a scar. <laughs> I'm not fair with you. I'm not. So listen, I... You had a scar, you had a wound, and what happened? <laughs> I'm, not. I'm not. So all the people my age thought that I was in style because I had, like, cut something into my eyebrow. I'm like, y'all, this is not like... Right, y'all don't know my story. Right. Oh, that part. That part. So the reason why I brought that up is because there's so many people that try to fit in, especially as an adult. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of people that's trying to chase clout. Right. 
And cloud is defined in Urban Dictionary as, you know, power, status, fame, influence. Mm -hmm. So the title of this episode is Clout Baby. We're talking about things that people do to kind of chase that fame and chase that influence and how sometimes it could even turn into something being toxic. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I'll never forget it. My mom tells me the story about growing up. She wanted to be Janet Jackson. Wow. She wanted to be her size. A lot of her friends were like thin and, you know, had this long hair. And Janet Jackson was just really in, in that moment. And she literally starved herself. She would not eat because she wanted Janet Jackson abs. So she nearly passed out one day because she was not eating, right? And that's when she was like, you know what? I My body is not going to look like Janet Jackson's. I have to just eat. Yes. But just kind of chasing what was going on during that time period, sometimes we chase things so much that we cause self-destruction to ourselves. For sure, for sure. So the first topic I want to hit on is social media. Yes. What do you think are some of the main things that people do to chase clout on social media platforms? Gosh, it comes in so many forms. You know, the most basic or the beginning is just how we are curating our Instagrams to look a particular way. Um, you know, I really pay attention to this. I love Gary Vee, um, who's a speaker. He talks about, you know, using social media to build branding and build businesses. But at the same time, he's like, don't take the fun out of like using social media. It's literally an app, but people are now paying money, you know, to appear a certain way, to appear to to have a certain lifestyle. And it's not even real, like to the point that people are like, I don't post flyers or I don't post things more than 24 hours. (laughs) Like people are just like really, really intense about the way that they look on something that is literally an app out of the app store. Right. So they want to show almost that they have cloud. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings up the point of perception. Yep. Whether people have it or not, the lifestyle that they portray, especially if they have a certain amount of followers, is showing that we have cloud or we have some type of status. Mm-hmm. And it can be kind of hard keeping up with that because once you set that precedent of a lifestyle that you're living, whether it be vacations all the time mm-hmm. or expensive things, you have to kind of keep up with that lifestyle. Right, right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Once you start building, you know, even thinking about like how we portray ourselves on Instagram or social media or whatever, it's something that you have to maintain. So you have folks that literally will not post something unless it's from a photo shoot or it's like perfectly done. Um, You know, we're all guilty of that because Instagram went from like, hey, I'm just going to post a photo because that's what Instagram is for, to now it's like, ooh, don't post that. It's too yellow. It's too dark. It's too this. It's too that. Like, there really is, like, a technique to posting right now that can be extremely um, stressful because you want the perception that you have, you are someone to follow. That's the whole point of Instagram. You are someone to follow, someone to keep up with, someone folks should care about. So sometimes we just lose you know, the enjoyment of social media, just overthinking everything, you know? Absolutely. I agree with that. And even with me, with the launch of the book, there was a lot of stuff that I did to my Instagram page in terms of changing my name uh, to Kevin Has Hope and also to actually promoting a product that I had. And I kind of had a tough time transitioning from 
who I initially was on Instagram in terms of Charlotte Boy Breeze to becoming Kevin Has Hope. And the main reason I did it was to promote this book that I was doing. I wanted people to be able to see the merchandise that I was giving away or selling. And I wanted people to feel a part of the brand. But there came a time too when I said, hey, even though my name has changed and I'm pushing a brand, I still have to be true to Kevin as well. Right. I'm still going to post things that feel real to me and that, you know, funny things here and there, or, you know, me just out having a good time because I feel like that's authentically me. Right. Right. There's a balance between being too branded and coming across as fake as opposed to you just being you, but realizing that you do have a brand and a following as well. Yeah, that's definitely tough because, you know, I have more than one Instagram. So my personal Instagram, I definitely like show my personality more so in my story. Um, My personal Instagram, uh, I don't really post as much anymore. But then I have a business Instagram that is definitely like branded a certain way. So I don't show as many like, um, like personality photos and stuff like that or even on my story um, because it's tough, you know, depending on what type of brand you are you have um is it is it a brand for of yourself of your an extension of your personality or are you representing like a company so it gets tough um but you don't you i really think what works on social media is showing yourself so i know like personally i'm trying to get back to showing more of my personality and not like overthinking posts too much you know, always worried about the brand, you know, I'm definitely guilty of that. And just wondering like, okay, if I post this, how is this going to affect my brand in a couple of weeks, you know, versus just enjoying the app and enjoying the engagement with the people who have chosen to follow, you know? Exactly. And even for me, just not being consumed with the follows, the unfollows, all of that stuff is really important too, especially as a business owner, because you want to see if people are enjoying the content you're producing, but also there's a balance between, again, like we said, being yourself and being authentic and worried about metrics or numbers. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of the business accounts, you're able to see how many times visit your websites yeah. or how many clicks as it relates to how many people went to your profile after you posted something. Right. And that could be kind of hard because you're basing who you are on what people like. Right. That's something that I literally, um, you know, my business Instagram, we run ads, we we do promotions, we're studying clicks. And sometimes I have to take breaks from it because it's like, okay, you know, we're studying what's working as far as advertising is concerned, but it can drive you crazy because you're like, okay, why did that ad do better than this ad? You know, how's the comments going? (laughs) You know, sometimes I have to turn notifications and stuff off just so that I don't sit there and obsess over how a post did. And so with all this being said, you know, it's like, okay, what's the balance between trying to grow a brand and not getting caught up in clout and like ability and visibility on social media, you know, so, and this goes back to how we talked about how we fast a lot, you know, a couple times a year, just, and I'm, I'm really about to get back to that myself, you know, for the summer, just taking a break and really treating my DMs, um, like email, you know, I was just talking to one of my assistants about that, like, hey, log into Instagram from your browser, <laughs> go through those DMs, and then close Instagram, just like you would an email, um, because we don't want to be on there all day because it affects productivity and it affects 
your, um, you know, your mental health, you know, so it's tough. It's tough, but you got to find that balance. Yeah. And I know you and I have talked a lot about different accounts and some people are selling a lifestyle Mm -hmm. has become their brand selling this lifestyle of, you know, bathing suits where they're, they're posing, you know, in bathing suits all the time. So it's kind of hard again, when you branded yourself in such a niche area to kind of stray away from that. Yeah. You've always based your likes off of looks or clothes to kind of switch it up. Yeah. But I would say, and I think you brought up a really good point that you still have to have fun with it. Right. But this has become a business for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how much money they can make posting flyers Mm -hmm. and and keeping them up for 24 hours or charging for stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. for some people, this is their livelihood and they've treated it like a business in that this is work. I'm going to work when I'm online and when I log off, that's when I can enjoy my regular life. Right. And just, you know, um, just a little, I guess, business baby moment, um, a pay me pink moment, you know, um, that's something that I study like within my company. So, you know, for example, Facebook, the reason why Facebook is so valuable as a company is because they have eyeballs, right? They have everybody's information, the data, everybody is looking. So the more eyeballs you have in your following, the more that you can monetize, right? So the reality is we are all trying to get as much attention as we can to our page. And then eventually when you put that product up, it's going to sell. And so, but the thing about it is you really have to kind of figure out your brand and how you're going to survive once this app goes away. Like we're largely dependent on it and it's really great, but it's also scary too because people literally panic the moment that Instagram goes down, Twitter goes down. Like you see people freaking out or when they took the likes away, people were crying. (laughs) Like it was really, really crazy. So it's like, you have to wean yourself off and be like, okay, how, how can I get income outside of this? How can I build an email list? What can I do so that I'm not so largely dependent on it and I can take breaks and still be able to make money, you know, for my business and for my brand. Got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever deleted a Facebook post or Instagram post because you didn't feel like it got the amount of likes that you wanted? It's been a long time since I've done that. However, my answer is a little tricky because I post at a particular time. (laughs) I post at the same time, like most of my posts, like pretty much in the same window and I use hashtags. So I don't typically have an issue anymore. But like before the algorithm and, you know, these tricks were exposed for sure on my personal page, I was like, man, I'm about to post this tomorrow or this picture was whack. But I don't really do that anymore. It's been a long time long time i'd be interested to hear from the butter babies you know you guys can always comment under the episodes we're on instagram at butter babies atl and we also have a website right d butterbabies.com yeah um wait a minute you're not slick have you deleted a picture because it wasn't popping (laughs) not really uh and what I say is not really, I, I can't remember doing it, especially anytime recently. Right. For me, if I want something up there, I'm going to put it up there. Now, as I've grown and matured, I have cleaned up my page, taken some things down. I like to have a mixture of things on my page. Like if somebody were to go to my page, they would say, okay, 
Kevin is a member of a fraternity. Kevin likes to have fun. Kevin, you know, is involved with his church. I want people to have a holistic view of who I am. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. So I do have things on my page that I think showcases a little bit of different aspects. But if something doesn't get, you know, a certain number of likes, I typically keep it up there at this point. Yeah, I think that a lot of us are, you know, just kind of over it at this point. I think maybe a year or two ago, like that was like really serious. But now it's like, child, I don't know if you can see my likes. Can you see my likes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can even see my views because Instagram keeps changing stuff. So it's like, you just got to put stuff out there. And plus the algorithm is so jacked up that no matter how strategic you try to be, you don't know who's really going to see your stuff. So just post on your Instagram, put it in your story and live your life. Yeah, I agree with that. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about relationships and status mm. and relationships. Right. What do people mean when they say, I want to date somebody that's on my level? Mm. Yeah, that gets into a hot topic because I think you know, folks have, folks have lists, whether they realize it or not, you know, so they're like, I need the career, the car, the good credit, the this, the that. Um, and so there are some individuals who feel like, hey, if you don't make a certain amount of money, then I don't care how great you are, like we can't date, you know, or if you're not, um, if you're not established in a particular way, or you're not in a particular profession, um, or level of education, then we can't date. So, um, you know, that eliminates prospects pretty fast. So does somebody that you're dating have to have a certain sense of clout as it relates to education? Do they have to be on a certain level of education? Do you have to date somebody that graduated high school or got their master's, especially for you having a doctorate degree? Is that important? You know what, for me, um, in this stage of my life, that's not what determines like someone's value to me. I pay attention to um, more so like their hustle and, you know, are they able to take care of themselves? You know, working in an industry like real estate, I know a lot of individuals who are doing very well from themselves, did not go to college. While we were in college, they were learning business. <laughs> so if I've learned any lesson since I've graduated school is that there are so many people that literally built businesses and right after high school just went into the workforce or just went right into things like real estate, stocks, whatever, and um, they're doing great. So you really will miss out on opportunities, in my opinion, if you say, hey, just show me your resume, right? Because there could be people with the credentials who aren't a good match or who aren't taking care of themselves anyway. So for me, um, that's not going to deter me. I'm so much more interested into your character. And as far as, you know, financial things, as long as you can take care of yourself, maybe you're a business owner, if you're going to work in a reg, you know, blue college, I don't care. Just be the best at what you're doing. You know, that's what's important to me. What about you? Agreed. I think that I probably wouldn't want to date another attorney. Oh, No. <laughs> about that before like I think it's too stuffy yeah I'm not out looking for a doctor or a dentist or anything like that I just kind of live my life and, and date uh, I don't particularly put too much into status but you'd be surprised too how even when it comes to approaching 
people, people may feel like you're out of their league because you have a certain degree or you're in a certain profession. Right. So sometimes people may even not approach certain individuals based upon the fact that, hey, this person is out of my league because they are a doctor or attorney. What would you say to those individuals who may say, hey, you know, she's out of my league because she's an attorney? I would say that's silly um, because, you know, you and I both, we don't really don't push our credentials around like that. You know, I would much rather you date me just because of who I am as a person. Um, don't look at, you know, what I'm doing on social media or business or whatever and judge me by that. You know, I want you to get to know me. So um, I would say just approach me, just get to know me because you're going to find that I'm so much more than just someone who went to school and did all that stuff. Like, I want you to know I've a sense of humor. This is what I like. I love Beyonce, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of stuff is way more important and just know my character. So that's what I would say. Shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? Slide in these DMs. They may not get rejected. Listen, well, if you're listening, hey, my best friend said her DMs is open. DMs are open on both Instagrams. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So the craziest thing that I've heard as it relates to clout, one of my friends said that he couldn't date uh, somebody if they had if they didn't have a huge Instagram following Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I thought was extremely interesting and I know him and I know he was so serious and I've actually actually had another friend who also said that you know that they wanted to date you know a, a female who you know was a baddie like she was on Instagram and she had these provocative pictures because he felt as though that would be a trophy for him. Mm. That's interesting. So for me, I actually feel the opposite. I had a conversation like this with one of my friends and I was like, do you feel a way if you're dating someone as a following, like, is that more pressure? You know what I mean? Because you have to deal with their DMs being flooded and people don't respect relationships and stuff. So to me, that's more of a headache, the bigger following you have. Um, And that person was like, you know, he had been there, done that. But to me, your following doesn't matter. I literally don't care. Um, you know, <laughs> it's Instagram. You know what I mean? So that wouldn't determine whether I dated someone or not. I think it's more how you conduct yourself. If you have a larger following, you know, I would want to make sure that you have boundaries and that people aren't like, you know, being disrespectful and you're letting it happen. What about you? How do you feel about followings? I don't care about followings at all. Mm -hmm. Instagram can shut down tomorrow and you would still be the same person you are yeah let me ask you this would you would you follow the person that you're dating on social media should people that date follow each other on social media it works for some people it doesn't work for me yeah I've actually unfollowed if we started dating because I don't want to if you miss a text I don't want to log online and see you know you out chilling or something like that you know and I, I had, this was, child, this was back in the day now. This is back when Instagram used to be able to show the pictures you were liking. Remember that following tab? Child, that following tab was drama. And I know some of y'all out there that's doing the most are happy that tab is gone. But yeah, I had a guy that I was dating and it was showing me everything that he was liking on Instagram. I was not even looking for it, but I guess he had so much activity. I was like, this is so 
awkward but like most people i feel like if i follow you i'm not really gonna see what you're doing now i've had people on facebook that i was like talking to where i will be their facebook friend but i'll unfollow their page because facebook does the same thing where it will try to show you every single thing that person's doing on facebook i don't know why but <laughs> it'll do too much um instagram Mm, it probably wouldn't. I don't think people post that often or maybe I mute you or something, but I don't mind following you. Okay. And for me, in terms of dating an influencer, I don't think that I've dated anybody with a huge following. Mm -hmm. I've been interested in influencers with like followings, but we've never officially dated. I wouldn't mind it as long as there were boundaries associated with it. Deanna's being messy right now. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I'm listening. I see. I can see you. So I know what you're doing over there. So I want to hear from you guys too. Let us know if you could date an influencer or if follows matter to you. That would be interesting to hear you guys kind of comment on that. And I want to be clear, you know, if you're an influencer and you're listening and you're like, dang, I really like Deanna. I don't really know. Like, you're just going to have to submit your application. <laughs> <laughs> Just get in my DMs. Um, but, you know, it is awkward, too, because, like I said, I have a business page. My business page is, like, a lot more activity going on than my personal one. I can never post on my personal page. But it's awkward, too, because if, you, if you're trying to ask me about business as a way of shooting your shot, like, starting a conversation, that is so awkward because I don't know like you know and it's so funny like my dms like some people would be like hey love hey beautiful hey whatever but I'm like okay do you want a list <laughs> you know? so same thing on Facebook so um that's funny because it's like if you trying to shoot your shot you need to just make your point otherwise you're going to keep getting these like which I'm about to not even be in control of my dms so you're about to get the same copy paste answers um so that's awkward <laughs> I'm going to be in control of my best friend DMs. Okay. I'm about to have Kevin answering y'all with these copy-pasted scripted answers. Yeah, <laughs> so last but not least, let's talk about friendships, best friend. Do you have to have friends that are on a certain level or status like mm -hmm. all professionals? Do you prefer to hang around young professionals? How do you feel about that? Young professionals get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I don't, I don't feel like I have to hang around like other attorneys or other people. Like, I'm just like, who is good energy, a good time, who, and you know, cause I, when I think about kickbacks, when I think about brunches or whatever, I just want to be around people who are literally a good time and we're going to laugh. I don't care what you do Monday through Friday. That really doesn't matter to me. And I feel like I would be more, I would be uncomfortable in a circle where it's been strategically put together based on what we do or how much money we make because we need to flex on people. Like those type of groups don't really work for me. Me neither. It's always been kind of hard for me to fit in, especially with organizations. Um, I love my fraternity and I'm glad that I joined. And I feel like my fraternity is welcoming, but I do feel like some of the young professional organizations can be a little bit divisive sometimes right. and that you know it's a certain type of person that they want and it's to say hey this is how we look this is how we dress this is what we do so for me I've always been about uh, unity and that we're all coming together for a specific purpose 
right. it should be a paper bag test to determine how mm -hmm. light you are and it shouldn't be you know you know how you dress it should be based upon merit and what you bring to that organization in terms of a holistic approach yeah that's interesting you you bring that up too because um you know there's other organizations um and not that I'm about, to, I'm about to start naming organizations, but like, you know, you may join things for professional reasons. You may join things because of your undergrad. You may join things um, just by your age group, you know, like under 40 or whatever, under 30, whatever meetups. And it's interesting too, because sometimes you may get there and it's like, okay, this attracted a certain type of people. Like, so, and everybody's just like, so what do you do? You know, <laughs> you're like, I don't want to talk about what I do. I'm just here to make friends. And so that has been interesting um, because I've gone to some things like that, where it's like, man, everybody's just talking about know how much money they make or like being a professional and I'm just like what bars do y'all like <laughs> you know do y'all like Moscato too like you know because <laughs> I have to be professional all week <laughs> what you say y'all like Pokemon <laughs> <laughs> right do y'all be playing dominoes because <laughs> I be playing like I'm not that good though it's just um, yeah you know do you like wings or flats that's the kind of conversation I prefer. Because especially like in the legal profession, it's so intense all the time. I think that's why you and I are so freaking silly because we will like Monday through Friday be literally reading the most boring stuff or have to look at things that are extremely tedious. So by the time I talk to you, I just want to laugh and be silly and just enjoy, you know, and I don't want it to be a competition of who's, doing better than who that's just too much best friend let me ask you this when did you come back from new york <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about all the time first of all i'm from connecticut so you know when i get passionate sometimes my accent come back <laughs> y'all this happened to woman said <laughs> oh oh <laughs> It's handsome woman. You did all right. <laughs> you are really showing out. Okay, y'all. So as we wrap up this episode, we just really wanted you guys to take a look at what you're influenced by. What are you allowing to influence you? Is it fame? Is it fortune? And just kind of assess that. <laughs> <Fame>. <laughs> Sorry, you gave me a lot. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is it fame? Is it fortune? You want to play all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me Chris Brown album. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do the wrap up. You know, assess what you're influenced by and determine, you know, going forward. <laughs> you get on my nerves. I didn't Y'all say anything. Up. Yeah, I'm seeing how you're looking. Y'all get what I'm saying. Just basically, you know, don't chase clout. Basically, be who you are. Or fame or don't worry about the Don't worry about the follows or the likes or any of that stuff. Just be you. You don't have to chase anything. Just be yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember, if you're doing something, you know, social media, whatever, and it starts to make you feel some type of way, you have the right to stop doing it. Always focus on what makes you feel happy. That's a great self-check. That's always um, something that you can go back to. If, if 
counting every follow is driving you nuts, you have the right to delete the app and take a break. Absolutely, I agree 110%. So guys, as we wrap up, you already know this, but just to tell you again, we love you guys, God loves you too, and we will see you guys soon. See you soon.